You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For all things ATL. ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host... Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy Dylan Matthews alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peach Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, and get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, Peach Street Football is there. Bo Morgan, we had a time yesterday, and the Atlanta Falcons had a time yesterday at the trade deadline. A lot of moves being made not only by the Atlanta Falcons, but by the entirety of the NFL. One of the more active trade deadlines in the NFL yesterday. We're going to focus on what the Atlanta Falcons did because they did enough. But First and foremost, before we get into that, how are you doing on this uh, Wednesday morning, Squid Billy? I'm good. Uh, I'm I'm exhausted. Um, you know, we we went from you know a, a, just a wild game on yep. Sunday, and uh, you know, obviously just kind of getting over that through Monday, and when obviously our recap, and then yesterday, it was just nonstop action. Yeah, um, I, I expected a minor move with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I know many didn't expect anything. I expected something minor. I, I didn't expect this team to pull off a trade like the Dolphins did for a Bradley Chubb. Um, I never realistically thought that they were going to get Brian Burns, mainly because I didn't think Brian Burns was going to be available. I didn't think Derek Brown would be available. From I didn't think a team in, in – in, in, obviously, I didn't think Charlotte would do an in-division in trade either, right. not being a game out. But I just didn't think that the team was going to spend what it took to get one of those guys. Um, yeah. So that being said, because I think the draft capital is a lot, that being said, the, the the fact that we saw three moves, not one, not two, but three moves by the Falcons, and one of which was really a high-profile move. Um, yeah. And, 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 and the other left me going, I know that the guy could have cost you the game, made a huge mistake, but still it's a second i didn't see a guy leaving the secondary um which which tells me some other things so it it was a it was a wild day it was it was um we'll get to the 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 one that i think uh terry fontenot was saying if you you f around you're gonna find out and you know somebody after around and found out we'll get to that one in a second though but let's start with the big trade of the day that the atlanta falcons made that is trading Former first-round pick Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars for some first-round, for not first-round picks, for some picks that, you know, are pretty conditional. So next year's pick is going to be a fifth-round pick, and they get a conditional 2020-2024 fourth-round pick that can rise on these conditions. So it stays a fourth-round pick 
if Calvary Lee's on a roster. I think it, actually it can be as low as a fifth-round pick. Um, if he gets reinstated by a certain date, it'll be a fifth-round pick. Um, and then if I'm wrong on any of this, please correct me. Wait, um, you want me to goes, go through it for you? Oh, no, I got it. It's just I, I know there, there's there's someone like they're forcing conflicting. Like there's one, I know there's one if it's like it's a sixth-round pick if he gets reinstated um, or as a fifth-round pick if he gets reinstated by a certain date. Then it yeah. turns then it turns into uh, a fourth round pick if he's on the roster, a third round pick if he reaches a certain if reaches certain incentives like number of games and things of that nature, and it becomes as high as a second round pick if the Jags and Calvin Ridley uh, come to agreement on a long term contract extension. So you can get as high as a 2024 second round pick if Calvin Ridley and the Jacksonville Jaguars get a long term deal done. Yeah, and basically this. Um... This is a deal that's basically being done, banking on the come with Calvin Ridley. Jacksonville right. traded for Calvin Ridley, um, expecting him to come off a certain time. So basically, right. um, there's a date that they have agreed upon that if he comes, if he's reinstated by then, he is he. It's a fifth round pick. Correct. If not, it's automatically a sixth. Six. Yep. Boom. But then there are the stipulations where he's got to make the he's got to be on the roster in twenty four, mm-hmm. um, and then you get a fourth in for that year. Yep. Um, and then if he can play enough, um, it could be a third. And then obviously, like you said, a long term deal. So basically, it's it's a banking on. Hey, he goes there. He's he's the player he was in two thousand and nineteen, eighteen, and twenty, mm-hmm. and they end up, you know making him uh, a piece uh, with Trevor Lawrence, which would be a great piece for Trevor Lawrence. Um, Most definitely. You know, this is a trade that really makes Jacksonville's offense good in mm-hmm. the future if everything works out. Yep. All that being said, you know, this was a move that I didn't expect to be made at this point. I thought this would be an off-season move. So the fact okay. that this was made when it was – um it, it it it's a little bit surprising that 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 this yeah. that they went ahead and did this now I guess is, is what I'm saying. But yeah. that being said, Jacksonville kind of sees what their team is. Atlanta sees what their team are. It, Calvin Ridley was never playing here again. No, he so wasn't. the fact that you were able to get anything, it was good because you right. got and, and maybe that was part of it that went through it because this is kind of the stuff that we never 100 percent know. Um, I've heard things after trade deadlines before about. You know, guys like Vic Beasley, and could they get rid of him? Were they were they actually trying to get rid of him? What teams actually offered for him in the past? Right. Um, the 19 deadline comes to mind, where I know he was a guy that they tried to move the old regime, and they just couldn't get anything for him. <laughs> and you know that happened. So maybe right. this was one of those moves where, hey, we don't want to. We, we could can we get anything instead of having to cut him? Because I right. think the other options are going to cut him. And mm-hmm. now this frees up $11 million for next year. He did not count against the cap this year. So that's another $11 million you have you can spend um, yeah. next year. Because, honestly, the trust thing is a big deal. I, like, I, don't, I don't really give a damn if you think NFL players shouldn't or uh, be able to uh, – should or shouldn't be able to, to, to gamble. They can't. And, it, and, it. and I don't want any athlete gambling on a sport they're actively playing in. Exactly. I don't care if you're inactive. Look – if you want to argue this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you you're wrong because mm-hmm. this is not a new rule. Calvin screwed up, and 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 that's the bottom line. That's all there is. To me, it's a separate deal. 
from the mental health thing. You whatever you want to go there. Um, I'm not going to get into it because nah. I, I don't think it does this podcast any, any any service. I think you need to be careful when you talk about this because you never know what people are going through, right? Uh, especially if you're if we're that far detached like we are. I heard things, they're, they're, they're here, neither here nor there, and it's not my place to repeat them. But Calvin Ridley could never play again for this team because, no. you know, as a fan base, you couldn't trust him. As a staff, at a front office, you couldn't trust that the trust was gone. And when trust is gone, it's normally the end of a relationship, mm-hmm. um, especially a business relationship. It can always be re-earned, but I think it the divide was too far. And remember – not he wasn't a guy you drafted, and he really doesn't yep. fit the mold of what they want to build around. Nope. And you were, and if you kept him here next year, to me, the writing was on the wall that you're going to have to you that you're going to resign him, and that's just something they weren't they weren't going to do. So I hope the best for Calvin. I like Calvin; he was always a fun guy. Uh, I think in the end, um, there's a little bit of. You know, and maybe he he's done this over his time off. There's some maturing, but you've played almost two seasons now without Calvin Ridley on the roster. Yeah, so I think we know we can score points without him. So let's just move on. For everyone, that's the best thing, and you're getting a something that could be very small or could be very big. Uh, you know, you're getting something. So uh, all in all, I think this is something that works for everybody. And Calvin was clearly excited. Dylan, you saw. Yeah. It. He's like Duval and Duval. Yeah, so clearly this is something that he was excited. For. You know, this is this is good for him too. It's good for everyone. And sometimes those things work out, and this happens to be that situation. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and it brings me right into the point of it was a win, win, win. All three sides got what they wanted. The Atlanta Falcons got, you know, were, were able to part ways with the guy with uh, which they were obviously ready to part ways with. You, you, you explained it beautifully. If Calvin Ridley would have been available to play for, you know, a year or so under this new regime and maybe show that, you know, he could be effective and he could, you know, still do his thing, under what Arthur Smith wants to do, under this and fit in the scheme Arthur fits, Arthur Smith wants to play under, then maybe we could have saw him stick around and maybe even get a long-term deal with this team. But guess what? He wasn't here to do that. He wasn't here to prove himself. He wasn't here to show his worth under the new regime. So guess what? Now you just move on. You didn't draft this guy like you said, and there's no reason to st- uh, to, to stay with him if you're Arthur Smith because all he's shown you is nothing. And the fact that you can't trust him because he's gone because he was, you know, gambling, which you just cannot do. So it's a win for the Atlanta Falcons. You get something back for a guy, which at a point in time, a certain point in time, you may have not thought you were going to get anything back at all. So it's a win there. It's a win for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they are potentially getting a very, very, very good weapon for Trevor Lawrence, who needs more weapons. I mean, you know, he, he's got Evan Ingram. He's got, um, oh, of course, the 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 receiver, the receiver's name escapes my mind now. That oh, Christian Kirk, it came back to me. You got Christian Kirk, and then you add Calvin Ridley to that. 
you you got you got some pieces that you can work with now. You Travis Etienne as well. So now um, Trevor Lawrence is getting some nice offensive weapons around him, and Doug Peterson is getting another weapon to add to this offensive repertoire. So it works out for them, especially like you said, if he come back, if he comes back, plays, and is the player that he was in uh, 2018, 2019, and 2020 for the Atlanta Falcons. And then it's a win for Calvin Ridley because he gets a fresh start. He's not having to come back into Atlanta and maybe answer certain questions. I mean, there'll probably be questions for him in Jacksonville, but it'll be much more of a clean slate, fresh start. And obviously Calvin's excited and he's ready to go. So it's a win all across the board. So it's a good situation. Falcons get something back for a guy they thought they might not get something back from. Jaguars get a new shiny toy, and Calvin Ridley is uh, is it? Uh, he, look, Cor- Cordell Patterson was upset. He did tweet about it, you know, some frowny emojis. But he had a shirt on the sideline of the Panthers game that said "Free Calvin Ridley." Well, guess what? Now, Cordell, Calvin is free. He's not free to Atlanta, but he is free. He's free to Jacksonville once he gets reinstated, of course. <laughs> Was the was what was that on this? Uh, people keep talking about that that T shirt. Yeah, is that not an old picture? or Was there one recent? No. Like he he was wearing that on the sideline uh, this past game. He's worn one before, but yeah. this is a new one. I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even pay. I didn't even see him. Um, yeah, they Sunday. they showed it a lot on the TV broadcast. Yeah, I mean. So what? I mean, Roddy White wore a free Mike Vick T-shirt at the end of a Monday night yeah. football game. He pulled it up after he scored a touchdown in 2007. I mean, yeah, you know, it, I don't take deal at all. I don't get uh, people, I, and, and that's that's the issue that that I that I do have is I think some mm-hmm. people um, go way in on that stuff way more than needed no, because it's not that deep. No, it's not. It's it's just a T-shirt, and it's your and it's it's a it's a person that you're. And it's his teammate at the current point in time. It's his teammate at the current point in time. All he's doing is supporting his teammate, which he's been doing throughout that entire process. So, I mean, that's all it is. He's supporting his his then teammate. Yeah. So I I don't buy, I don't, I don't get, I mean, I I don't, people make, people make big deal out of things like that. And I'm just like, who cares? No big deal. I mean, so whatever. I mean, you know, but I think that's a good bow on it. Look, Calvin was, Calvin had some good years here. Yep. Didn't end the way anyone wanted it, but it rarely does, honestly. And right. um my last thing on Calvin is the best thing I saw was uh Miles Garrett from Fox Five had tweeted a picture, uh, and it was like it was it was clearly a picture that was made right after the Kyle Pitts draft pick. Yeah. And it was like possible and a Falcons offense. Oh. Matt yeah. Ryan, Julio Jones, <laughs> Calvin Ridley, and then add a picture of Kyle Pitts in a Florida jersey because it was That's clearly right. made. Yeah. And it just had X's on everyone, but but yeah. poor Kyle Pitts and 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 from his Gator days. So I, I just I mean that that's pretty much sums up what what all what you know the this this amazing offense we were gonna our weapons we were gonna have, and that's where it ended. So it's just kind of funny. That no, I did see that. That was actually pretty hilarious. So Calvin Ridley, no longer Atlanta Falcon. We all pretty much knew after what happened, he wasn't going to play for the Atlanta Falcons again, and now that officially becomes official. However, there were more moves the Atlanta Falcons made. They were not done after that. The Atlanta Falcons also, we know their secondary is banged up. Well, guess what? They got a little bit of secondary help yesterday as well. Trading for cornerback Rashad Fenton from the Kansas City Chiefs 
Um, he was selected by the Chiefs back in the sixth round, the 201st overall pick in the 2019 draft out of South Carolina. And, you know, he he's he's had a little success. He's played a little bit in, uh, in the NFL, 117 total tackles, 93 of them solo, um, two interceptions, 20 passes defended, a forced fumble. Um, uh, he has six special teams tackles as well. So he spent four seasons in Kansas City. So a guy that can come in and be serviceable, at least until we get to A.J. Terrell and or Casey Hayward back. A.J. is week to week right now dealing with that hamstring. So he could be back as early as this week, but obviously Casey is going to miss a few more games. So we get some much-needed cornerback uh, help, Bo. Yeah, we do. Um, look, Fenton's a guy that can play. Uh, yeah. he's, been, he's been injured. Uh, he's had a little, I think, a hamstring of his own um, right. that he's been dealing with. But it it, it 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 looks like, oh, well, he fell out of favor, and this is a guy that, um, you know, he wasn't doing it, the job. You know, he, he was – it's not really quite that easy. It was right. a guy that had been banged up the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and they've got a veteran in Snead that plays their their nickel, uh, their slot, whatever you want to call it. And then they've got two young guys, one of which is a first-round draft pick. Right. Um, they're in Kansas City. So, it, it you know, it, it was a little bit of a cap space move. Yeah. Um, but this guy has started on the outside for, for years, but um, th- they've got – They've got guys now that they've they went out and got Trent McDuffie, who's a first round, and then Jalen Watson was able to show that he was good enough. And then with, like I said, Legarius Sneed. So it was kind of a move where they didn't really need him. They got something for nothing. It's probably uh, I don't know. I got I got I need to double check the the, the contract situation. I know that he was making uh, around one and a half million this year, but when they had when when Fenton went down, they turned to to Joshua Joshua Williams, who helped them out in a situation, and so they had depth, and it was a place where they could get go. Fenton's not an all-pro guy that's going to come in off the top, um, but he is a guy that has a lot of experience that can play. He's yeah. not a pro- you know, we, we're Honestly, I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody, but we've been playing practice squad guys, um, yeah. and so this yeah. is a guy that, 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 that's going to kind of help that automatically. Um, and he's, he's a guy that is a free agent next year, um, because he was still on his rookie deal. And, um, so you look at that, he's, he's only called, you know, it, 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 the cap, it was 1.4. He's obviously he's not, he's not going to free up that much space because we're halfway through or a little under halfway through the season. Right. So some of that spent, but it's a good addition for this team. It makes you better. It adds to depth because you don't know what, a, if AJ is going to go this week. And mm-hmm. honestly, I can see a situation where you hold AJ out and then have him for Thursday night because yeah. that's a short turnaround. Short turnaround. Like AJ. So if Fenton can come in and play immediately, it would be a big help. And I was asked, I think, I think me and Turtle were talking about behind the scenes. He's like, well, you know, can he, can he play this week? And, and yeah. we're, you know, well, probably um, the, the, the learning, the calls kind of what they're going to be doing, the defense, right. Uh, I think it's a little bit easier for a guy playing DB than um, than maybe in the linebacker. If it was a linebacker situation, I'd worry a little bit. If you're playing kind of on the D line, uh, like a you know a, a down in the dirt kind of guy, I don't mm-hmm. think it's as hard. But right? Yeah, I mean a, a DB basically you just learn what you know. You know, they're, if they say, "Hey, we're playing cover," this is cover three. 
you should know your assignments. I mean, that those kind of things don't change. Right. Um, but it is like audibles, hand signals, that kind of stuff. That that'll be stuff that you know you probably need to learn. But it's the depth move, which is weird because you did lose a guy in the secondary yeah. in, in 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 the Dean Marlowe trade. Yep. And we can go ahead and talk about that trade. <laughs> um, Dean Marlowe was traded to the Buffalo Bills. And in return, the Atlanta and by the way, just to put a just to put a bow on the Rashad uh, Fenton deal, the Falcons sent a conditional seventh round pick in 2023 back to the Kansas City Chiefs for the services of Rashad Fenton. However, for Dean Marlowe, we traded Dean Marlowe to the Buffalo Bills in exchange for a seventh round selection in 2023. And a lot of this really seems like. Dean Marlowe gave up a bad touchdown that nearly cost us, if it wasn't for DJ Moore ripping off his helmet, looks like it might have cost us a, a win and sole possession of first place in the NFC South. We all saw the play. I mean, we talked about it here on Peace Street Football. You know, we Bo did a significant, uh, great job of breaking down. You know, Dean Marlowe was kind of the one out of position. And so, like I said earlier, you know, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith said, yeah, around and you're going to find out. And Dean Marlowe after around and found out. So Dean Marlowe, no longer an Atlanta Falcon. He got traded to the Buffalo Bills. And yeah, I, that, to me, this is more of like a, like a statement move. He's like, Hey, if you, if you mess up this bad, you're probably not going to be around long. I, I just, that's just kind of what it is, what it is. I mean, I got to call a spade a spade. It seems like, if you you mess around, you're gonna find out. Well, I think one of the things I took away about it was it makes the Rashad Fenton trade basically free. Because yeah. essentially what you've done is you've basically found a way to trade um you know, trade trade Fenton for for Marlowe. You yeah. just it, it's almost I kinda look at it as like kind of like a three team trade now yeah. at this point. Um, yeah, you, you kinda, give up a you give up a seventh to to get Fenton, but you get a seventh to trade Marlowe, so it all works. out. Yeah, so it's just kind of like you basically it looks like like a giant three way trade. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Marlowe is a guy that plays sparingly here. Uh, Jalen Hawkins, uh, uh, ho hopefully, should be back this week from concussion right. protocol. Um, you'll you'll probably make another signing. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Moffitt or maybe Oliver can move over and play backup free safety with. With um, with D. Offord kind of back and and being more of the guy that you want that first nickel. So you know maybe Cornell Armstrong slides in and play the nickel. I think Oliver could be a guy you might see a little bit at that free safety position. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just something I think they could do because of his size and and versatility. Right. And Oliver's obviously still coming back. That's something I've thought about because Oliver's the guy you like. You want him on the field, right? Again. Not saying it's going to happen, but I, I could just right. see a little bit of uses there. But look, Dean did screw up. I mean, I, 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 I don't think that might be all of it, but right, right. Um, but it, it was, uh, it was, it was basically a way to to, to you thought you got better uh, in the secondary, and I think honestly that was one kind of Terry's mindset. I, I don't know, but I'm just maybe that's the, that's the way I'm looking at it. Where hey, if I could trade Dean Marlowe for Fenton, do I get better? I do. Let's do it. And basically, that's what you did, even though um, there were picks involved and there was multiple teams and they were completely separate trades. So when you look at it, essentially, we look like a team 
We made moves essentially like a team that was selling, but yes. we're not. And, nope. and, and I know that you're right. No, no, we, we went and got a guy. We did. We went and got Fenton. You essentially traded him for DeMarlo, but you also unloaded uh, – Oh, well, what I think is a number one receiver in this league. Yeah, he um, is. When he's healthy, when he's mentally right, and when he's not suspended, uh, Calvin Ridley is a one in this league. I think he can be a one. Um, I don't think he'll need to be like a, you know, a necessarily carry complete load in Jacksonville one, but that's what he is to me. Yeah. And I think that's what the and the league is, is, has basically, um, it's played out that way. So you did a lot and you got better. Mm-hmm. And you also kept options open in the future by not really getting rid of any draft picks, but basically by acquiring them. No, so I'm, it was a it was a very very good trade deadline for the Atlanta Falcons. I think Terry Fondo made some really good moves, and and really he he did an excellent job of of the Calvin Ridley trade. I he he got I feel like you you can if. You can really end up getting a, a lot back for Calvin Ridley, or a good amount back for Calvin Ridley, if he if, if things end up working out in Jacksonville. And it, and guess what? If not, at least you got something back from him. And that's something we weren't sure if we were going to get. You know, when when this all went down and when he first got suspended. So I give I I take my hat off to my imaginary hat off to um, Terry Fontenot because he he did a masterful job with that, and he he got us some good uh good depth at the trade deadline. So I think it was a successful trade deadline by the Atlanta Falcons. We, we, we did things that we needed to do and, you know, we're right there and still ready to go and to, to make a, a division race uh, to win a division race here down the stretch of the season. So that was the trade deadline for the Atlanta Falcons in a nutshell. And as we move on from the trade deadline into week nine, Bo. How about we take our first look at the Los Angeles Chargers? Because this is a good football team now, Bo, coming in. And they got a lot of weapons on offense. Keenan Allen, he did play, uh, not last week, because last week was their bye week. But the week before their bye week, he did play after missing um, a lot of time or pretty much the whole season before uh, uh, prior to like week one. So he played in week one. And he went out with a hamstring injury, I believe it was. And he hadn't played since week seven. And obviously had a bye week last week. So Keenan Allen should come in feeling pretty healthy. He should be pretty near 100%, as close as he's been to 100% since week one coming off that bye week. So he's going to be back in full force. And again, you wish you had, you know, AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward to cover Keenan Allen because he's big, strong, got good hands. I mean, he's just a reception maniac i mean he get he snags ball after ball after ball and justin herbert loves finding this guy however they also have mike williams who has been doing a nice job of filling in as the uh wide receiver one since keelan allen has been out and wait there's more they got austin eckler as well a very versatile running back and catch balls out of the backfield um he's he's a good runner so, I mean, they have weapons on weapons on weapons. Jared, Jared Everett as well, the tight end, he catches some balls. So, I mean, this is a offensive group that is that is loaded and defensive, defensively too. They're loaded too. Bosa has missed some time, though. That is Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa. Joey Bosa uh, plays for the Chargers. They got Khalil Mack, obviously, this offseason. They will be without J.C. Jackson, who unfortunately will 
missed the rest of the year due to injury. And But they do have Derwin James. I mean, this is a team that's loaded for bear, Bo Morgan, on both sides of the football. Yeah, Mike Williams is the guy that worries me offensively right now. Um, Herbert, obviously, Herbert is, is, is obviously a yeah, – he's really right. becoming a – a a a, a top tier quarterback um but look uh they they want to come in and sling it that's what they want to do now Mm -hmm. with herbert um they've got one of the top passing offenses in the league and you kind of broke down the player so i'm just going to go through these units as a whole yeah and kind of let you know what you're looking at at first um you know they're top 15 in scoring uh Mm -hmm. they're red zone they're, they're 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 not a great red zone offense but they're good enough. But this is a team that wants to throw the ball around, and that's what they're going to do. They, they, they don't want to run. They're they're bottom of the league and running offensively. So that's why you hope that maybe Rashad Fenton can come in and play. Maybe you hope that AJ's around um, this week. Again, I, I think it might be something where, de- depending on how he is looking, you um you might not you might hold him and have him on for the divisional game. Which honestly. Right. You want to get down to brass tacks. The divisional game on Thursday night means twice as much as this game. They all matter, way more important. Way but, more important. But that one matters more. You you got to get you got to get those definitely. division wins. You've only got one. You're one and two in the division. You need to honestly win out in the division. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Correct. Right now, looking forward moving through the season. Um, now you still got to win games because it's still overall record. But the divisional yeah. record is your number two. Is your number one tiebreaker. Yes. Um, in the in the division, and then it goes to head-to-head. So, that being said, you got to win out because you would own the head-to-head. You would tie the head-to-heads with the other two teams in the division, and you would own it with Carolina. So and, real, and, and real quick, just to build upon that point, we talked about this on, on Monday as well, I believe. We talked about the rest of the NFC South has a, has a tough week as well. So, you don't want to – you never want to, and I'm not saying this. You never want to say, "Oh, this is a this is a week where you you can lose." But if you do lose this week, you don't want to lose. But if you do lose this week, it might not be the end of the world because the rest of the league might give you some help as far as the rest of the NFC South goes. Because the rest of the NFC South has some tough matchups as well. Well, and even if you do lose, you're still in a tie of some sorts for the division. Exactly. So, so. You have a one-game lead, so that mm-hmm. does mean something. So you're still in a tie for the right. division. It's just where the right. tie kind of goes. But you know, looking at them defensively, I I have been. This defense is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned a few guys. Some of the guys you didn't mention was a guy like Asante Samuel. Yeah, you know, he's, he's he's a second-year corner starting. You know, starting obviously he's Asante Samuel Jr. His dad was Asante Samuel, who Former played for the Falcons. Yeah. Um, but they've guys they've got guys all over you know they 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 brought in uh you know well, they don't brought in, they've had Jeremiah Tauchu here um you know he was he was he was originally a, a charger he's a guy mm-hmm. that can kind of get after it um but but I thought their defense was a lot better or going to be a lot better Morgan Fox yeah. the guy Georgia Tech guy um uh a, and and he's um he's a guy that that, that has played pretty well but I honestly thought that this defense was going to be better, but they're not. They're allowing 27 points a game. They're almost bottom in the they're, – they're, they're right around the bottom. That's 31st. Um, they're, uh, they're allowing almost 140 yards a game on the ground, which is 27th mm. in the league. In fact, they're last in yards per carry at almost six yards Ooh. a clip. So mm. defensively, 
they're not the team, uh, you know, that that we originally thought. That plays well for Atlanta because yeah. the Falcons are six in points scored uh, uh, in 25 a game. And now uh, they've gotten some defensive scores in there, too, which is, is crazy that we're talking about that here. Right. <laughs> the Falcons are a team that wants to run the ball. They're fifth in the league in rushing. So we have some good matchups there. They're obviously going to come try to bring it and, and maybe um, stack the box, that kind of stuff. But but I'm telling you, this is a this is a defense that is that is that is not as good as I originally thought. And the Bosa injuries hurt them, but they still got Khalil Mack. Our offensive line is going to be tested in pass protection, which they're not great at. We yep. saw Marcus have to create a lot of moves or a lot of plays yesterday with his feet. But um, you know, that being said, it's just it's one of those situations where we um we we can move the ball and i think this could this could i hope not and cuz we don't we're not built for shootouts but this could be another higher scoring game yeah. and if we get the performance we did last week you know against to me i think the carolina's defense was better last week in fact yeah. if you look at it going in um carolina's defense was was better against the run mm-hmm. not 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 much, but much, but you know, they were better. I mean, yeah. you know, and they're 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 a better scoring defense. Carolina's defense all around was better. So uh that being said, you're you know, you're 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 the biggest issue is you're playing a better quarterback. Yep. So, you know, you you won't be able to get away with some of the same things, at least on the defensive side of the football, that you were maybe able to get away with last week because of you know PJ Walker. And some of the throws that he missed, because he did miss some throws uh, last Sunday, Justin Herbert probably not going to miss those throws. You know, may not miss as many as those throws. So it's going to be a, a it's going to be a tough day on defense. It's going to be a tough day on offense too, because like you said, even though they have been giving up, you know, uh, I think it's like around six yards per carry. I think you said um, on, on defense, the Chargers have been giving up, and it they are they might try to stack the box. And I mean, we we saw. The Carolina Panthers kind of do that last week, and the the Falcons made passing plays when they had to. And, I mean, they found Drake London. They found Kyle Pitts. They found Demir Burr. So they're going to have to do that again this week because I would have to imagine the Chargers, even though, you know, it's on film that the Falcons can pass the ball around a little bit, I still have to imagine the the Chargers are coming in this week saying, we got to stop the Atlanta Falcons' run game and make them beat us passing the ball. So you're going to have to go out and, and show you can pass the ball again. They threw it around last week, and they got themselves a win. They're going to have to do the same thing this week. So we're going to have to need another big week from Marcus Mariota, another big week from all of our receivers, Demir Bird, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Everybody's going to have to step up on the receiving end as well. Pass pro is going to have to be, you know, it, 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 it held up when we needed it most, but it's, it's going to have to be better. It's going to have to continue to improve. And hopefully we still have some success running the ball like we did last week. Still rushed for over 100 yards. So it's going to be tough, but this is definitely a winnable game. And, I mean, we're going to be home. Hopefully you have some home cooking. Hopefully the crowd's going to be into it, knowing that we're a first-place team. So it's going to be a tough game, but this is most definitely a winnable game. I know the Chargers seem, seem like a tough team, but they really aren't as tough, I think, as people are making them out to be, Bo. No, look, it's a tough, it's a tough battle, and, and and anything's possible. You do have the East Coast thing, which I don't really, I don't, you know, West Coast team coming East Coast. I, I don't think that crap makes a difference. I think it does. Let me re, let me rephrase that. 
I think it does, but a team coming off a bye, I, I don't think yeah. it matters. I don't think it makes a difference. You know, they're going right. to be rested. Um, if, if maybe they had played, if they had played um, last week, yeah, it might mm-hmm. make it a little bit more. Maybe maybe they play like in the mid Midwest area, like Kansas here or something. I'd, I'd kind of make more of it, but because the travel comes in. But they've been rested. They've right. been at home. They're flying across. It, it's it's still a tough matchup. They're a four and three team. They're fighting for the. They're in the AFC. They're in contention for the AFC West. Um, you know, I, I I'm not anyone takes this game lightly is 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 ignorant. Um, mm-hmm. They're only a game out really of uh, in the in the AFC West, and uh, you know they, they they've played well on the road. So the Falcons need to needs they need to they need to extend some streaks or make a streak. Yes. The Chargers lost their last game. Make that a losing streak. Make that two in a row. We've mm-hmm. won three straight at home. Make that another one. Make that four. Now, this another is one. this is a team that has not played well at home in a lot of, in a long time, and they're starting to do that. And so I need I need my you know early look. We've we went over it. We've told you what they are. Uh, now it's time to go buy your tickets and show up because we need Falcons fans there to have a home field advantage. That's right. Get there. Be there. Or be square. Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Sunday, 1 o'clock. It's the same old, same old. You know what to do. So get there. Be loud. When I'm when I'm hearing the effects in the Kia Studios, I want to hear a bunch of, oh, 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 in the building. So I know y'all are there. Y'all heard it here first. Y'all know, y'all know what noise to make when y'all get in Mercedes-Benz Stadium Sunday at 1 o'clock. So there is your first look at the Los Angeles Chargers. We will break down. This full, full, full matchup with the Falcons and the Chargers on Friday. Hopefully, we ain't, ain't going to say any names yet. We're going to go, you have to tune in. You're going to have to listen. You're going to have to download the episode to, to see who the guest is. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll be joined by a special guest on Friday that we're going to have some fun with. So we'll see if that person uh, joins us on Friday. And that's it for today. Until we talk to you guys next time, make sure you download the podcast, follow the podcast, get Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, that's Spotify, that's the Odyssey app, wherever you get podcasts, that's where you get Peachtree Football. So, Falcons make some moves. They trade Calvin Ridley. They get Rashad Fenton. Dean Marlowe is gone. And we take our first look at the Los Angeles Chargers. Tough matchup, but a winnable matchup. For the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get more into the matchup that is Chargers versus Falcons on Friday. But until then, peace.